Welcome back to History Plus True Crime Uncovered, a new podcast series all about historical stories, people, and places. Disclaimer, some content in this episode may be sensitive to some listeners. Discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. Today on the podcast, I'm going to discuss Mia Zapata and the tragic murder of a grunge visionary. A year before Kurt Cobain's death rocked the Seattle grunge scene, another tragic death threatened to destabilize the movement. In 1993, Mia Zapata, lead singer of the Gits, was found dead by the side of the road at just 27 years old. Her life was cut short before she even had the chance to truly make a name for herself as an important voice of grunge or punk, releasing just one album, Frenching the Bully, in her lifetime. Mia Zapata was raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and attended high school at Presentation Academy. She learned how to play the guitar and the piano by age 9, and was influenced by punk rock as well as jazz, blues, and R&B singers such as Bessie Smith, Billie Holiday, Jimmy Reed, Ray Charles, Hank Williams, and Sam Cooke. Born in 1965, Mia moved to Seattle, the home of grunge, in 1989 with her newly formed band, The Gits. They had initially formed in Ohio where the members were studying at college, but they found much appeal in the burgeoning Seattle scene where bands like Nirvana were gaining prominence. Originally, the band used a Monty Python-inspired name, Sniveling Little Rat-Faced Gits, although they soon shortened it. Zapata found a job at a local bar and the four band members moved into an abandoned house they called the Rat House. The band released a series of well-received singles on local independent record labels from 1990 to 1991. As the Gits were making a name for themselves in the local music scene, they often played shows with their friend's band, The Seven Year Bitch. Mia came from an affluent family but often lived without material comforts. As her father described it, Quote, Mia lived in two different worlds. She lived on two different sides of the street. The straight side on one with periarchal schools and affluent family and tennis clubs. But when she crossed the street, material things didn't mean anything to her. End quote. Zapata's music often led to a rejection of financial comfort, but regardless of status, Valerie Agnew describes Mia as, quote, commanding respect and interest immediately. End quote. The next few years saw the Gits gain popularity in the scene, finding success with early singles such as Precious Blood and Second Skin. If you look Mia Zapata up on TikTok or YouTube or anything like that that displays videos and you type in Mia Zapata or the Gits and the song title Second Skin, I highly recommend it. Uh, That shows her vocal range the best. The band were championed by their contemporaries, with Zapata bringing a refreshingly female perspective to a rather masculine genre. In the early 90s, the grunge scene was typically males. In 1992, the Gits released Frenching the Bully, with Zapata's energy and fiercely commanding vocals receiving particular praise. After the success of their debut, the Gits got to work on their second album entitled Enter, conquering the chicken although zapata would never live to see the final product during the summer of 1993 
Mia was raped, beaten, and killed by a stranger named Jesus Mezekoya while walking home from a visiting a friend. The shock attack shook the Seattle scene, and many bands such as Nirvana and Soundgarden helped to raise money to fund the investigation into Mia's murder. Around 2 a.m. on July 7, 1993, Mia left the Comet Tavern in the Capitol Hill area of Seattle. She stayed at a studio space in the basement of an apartment building located about a block away and briefly visited a friend who lived on the second floor. This was the last time that Zapata was seen alive. She may have walked a few blocks west or north to a friend's apartment or may have decided to take the long walk south to her home. Mia's body, body was discovered near the intersection of 24th Avenue South and South Washington Street at around 3.30 a.m. located in Seattle's Central District. She had been beaten, raped, and strangled. It is believed that she encountered her attacker shortly after 2.15 a.m. Her body was not initially identified as she had no identification on her when she was found. An episode of the cable television show Forensic Files revealed that she was identified after the medical examiner, who was a fan of the Gits and had been to their concerts, recognized her. According to the medical examiner, if she had not been strangled, she would have died from the internal injuries suffered from the beating. According to court documents, an autopsy found evidence of a struggle in which Mia suffered blunt impact to her abdomen and a lacerated liver. Mia Zapata is interred at Cave Hill Cemetery in her hometown of Louisville. The Seattle music community, including including some of its most famous bands, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden, helped raise $70,000 to hire a private investigator for three years. The funds dried up without any major breaks in the case, but the investigator, Lee Heron, continued to investigate on her own time. In 1998, after five years of investigation, Seattle Police Detective Dale Tallman said, quote, We are no closer to solving the case than we were right after the murder. End quote. Joan Jett, who worked with the band to pay tribute to Zapata and also raise funds, told Rolling Stone, quote, You can imagine this vibe that sort of came over Seattle when it happened, people just not knowing. If it was one of their friends, you know, or an acquaintance or an audience member, you just didn't know, end quote. It wasn't until a decade had passed that Mezzacoya was arrested and charged, finally bringing some justice to Mia's name. He did not testify in his own defense and maintained his innocence. The prosecution's theory was that he saw Zapata leave the bar and followed her a short distance before he attacked her. Her headphones covered her ears so that she would not have been a, so that she would have been unaware of any danger until he grabbed her and dragged her to his car, where he assaulted her in the back seat. He was convicted in 2004 and initially sentenced to 37 years. On appeal, he was given a sentence of 36 years beginning in January 2003. Mezzacoya died in a Washington hospital on January 21, 2021 at the age of 66. Discussing their bandmate, the Gits said, 
quote, Mia Zapata was an extraordinary human being. She was a beloved friend, a gifted songwriter, musician, visual artist, and performer, end quote. Following her death, an anti-violence organization, Home Alive, was founded by Zapata's friends to provide people with defense tips and training. Home Alive also put on concerts in memory of Mia using the shows to raise money for the cause and provide vital resources. I think this case is a testament to the fact that it's very difficult for women to be able to just walk around on their own without being attacked. Um, it's horrendous. It's horrible. Women should be able to go wherever they want to go without the threat of being kidnapped or attacked by an assailant. Um, it's very unfortunate that this happened to Mia Zapata. And, you know, the fact that she was so young and she was at the height of her career. I mean, where would she have gone? How would... Um, the grunge movement have been different if she had lived and she had been able to you know do more so i mean it's it's just such a horrible thing and at the time it you know for for about 10 years her killer went without justice and that was just so in, unfortunate and so wrong you know, he, he should have served a lifetime instead. You know, he served a handful of years before his death. And she didn't get to live her life. It's just horrible. But thanks for joining me today. And like before, um, leave me comments. Give me suggestions for future episodes. And leave a review. Have a great day, you guys. Till next time.